Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. There was a study from the University of Windsor that caught my eye the other day I want to talk about. The study looked at how important social media is to Canadians between the ages of 16 and 30, and the results show something uh, that's uh, a bit surprising. The results show it's very important. 750 people were asked a pretty straightforward question. Would What would you give up rather than social media? Nearly 10% would forfeit a year of their life to maintain their social media connections. The same number would accept not being able to have children or give up sex altogether. 5% would forfeit five years of their life. 3% would rather die a decade earlier than give up social media. 5% would rather be diagnosed with cancer then give up social media, it's ridiculous. Dr. Marcia Sirota is an author, speaker, coach, psychiatrist, joins us now to talk about this. Appreciate the time today. Oh, thanks for having me, Devin. Uh, some of these responses are just, I don't know. I don't know what the, I, I, if I didn't know better, I would have thought it was a joke, but it, this is serious. Yeah, it, it really shows how attached people are to social media, and I'm using the word attached lightly because I think it's even a bigger problem, but it shows how unwilling they are to give it up and and what they would be willing to sacrifice. And that's really how they feel. And that's, I think, the thing that should be most concerning to us, like that what they would be willing to give up in order to maintain the social media. So what do you think when you you see this? What sort of, I mean, you kind of touch upon what sort of concerns come to mind? Well, I you know, have read a lot about it, and I've spoken to a lot of people about it. I've interviewed experts about it. And my impression is that social media has been made to be addictive so that the corporations who are running these platforms make profit. And they've been extremely successful. And even some of the programmers have come away and said, you know, we regret what we've done. We, we look back and we realize that we've made this monster. We've made this highly addictive thing that people can't resist. And I, I agree. I think it's highly addictive. I think it sets off the dopamine pathway in the brain. And the way that pathway works is that the more we engage in something, the more we crave it. And so the more these young people do social media, these are kids, I think, 16 to 30, uh, young people, and they, the more they do it, the more they want it. So they are in this endless loop that, that they just keep craving more and more. And so then they're willing to sacrifice just about anything in order to keep this thing that they're so addicted to. And it reminds me of how people respond to drugs or other substances that they're addicted to. You know, it's the same pathway in the brain that's, that's active. If people are this into social media, it's this important to them. What implications could that have for mental health? Well, the other thing that we realize is that the more we spend time we spend on social media, actually it creates more depression, more anxiety, more feelings of alienation and disconnection and uh, a lack of empathy, a lack of a sense of community and belonging. So it the more time we spend on it, the more we're addicted to it, but also the more unhappy we are. So it, it Funnily enough, even though people are unwilling to give it up, it doesn't make them happy. It doesn't ha- give them good relationships, and it doesn't make them feel connected to one another. 
What could this tell us about, uh, you know, younger people and when they should be getting iPhones and the types of devices that allow you to have these types of social media connections? I think that's that's the really important question. And, you know, people are starting to talk about trying to wait as long as possible. I'm not, certainly not giving younger kids like preteens and tweens uh, access because uh, it, it changes our brain. You know, anytime we get addicted to something, it changes our brain and it promotes um, mental unwellness. You know, we want to promote mental wellness in our kids and, and our young people. So I would say hold off as long as possible. And also, you know, just like with TV limits, when I was growing up, you know, there was only so much TV we were allowed to watch per day. You know, you could you could watch an hour or two a day. And social media, kids spend hours and hours and hours. So we might want to think about trying to limit um, time. And we also might want to talk to the people who have been developing these platforms and see if they can do something to make them less addictive, just like with cigarettes, you know, that they could make them more addictive or less addictive depending on what ingredients they put in them. So, you know, we have to think in a bigger way about this whole problem and really see it as an addiction as opposed to just a pastime. If it is an addiction, does that mean it's something we can grow out of or is that too simplistic? Well, like any addiction, you know, you have to think about the physiological part and the psychological part. You know, there's two types of dependencies. So with the physiological addiction, the only way to stop that is to have like withdrawal to stop doing it and then you eventually go into withdrawal and and then the cravings go away the psychological addiction is sometimes harder because you know you really want it because you think that's your your life that's your lifestyle and so you have to offer young people other things to do that would be meaningful and fulfilling so that they could have a substitute you know you can't just say stop the thing and then they're left with nothing they have to have something else to turn their attention to. And I think, you know, we need to think about what kinds of activities we could present to young people that would give them pleasure and satisfaction, but would also be healthful to them and meaningful to them and help them engage in relationships with each other and have more empathy and feel happier as opposed to the kinds of things that social media does to them. I guess it is worth noting a majority of people but by the, these responses would not give up these things for social media, but still it's a strong minority and that can have a disproportionate impact on, on everything. And, you know, when you think about the stories you hear about people being bullied online and people becoming, you know, very upset and having, you know, suicide on, because of online bullying or, you know, there are there are really bad things that come from social media and it could be this small group is the most vulnerable because they're the most attached. So we need to think in a bigger picture, you know, with the government, with, with corporate, with mental health practitioners, with, you know, medical organizations. We really need to think in a bigger picture about, you know, the implications of social media now and and think about how we can help and support and protect our youth so that uh they are able to have a balance in their life. They can have a little bit of social media and they can have other things that are fulfilling so that they're not, um, you know, willing to give up, you know, 10 years of their life for it. Marcia, as always, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Devin. Have a good day. You too. That's Dr. Marcia Sirota, author, speaker, coach, psychiatrist.